What's up, world? Welcome to a new episode of the Brandon Janu Show. And as you know, I am Brandon Janu. Yes, that is my face. Literally. Yes. I uh, hope you guys are enjoying your week so far. hope you guys are enjoying the two podcast episodes I've dropped this week. Um, you know, of course, uh, shout out to everybody that's been listening on podcast platforms. Or you've been watching this, uh, the clips or the shorts or the video on YouTube, Brand New Show YouTube channel. And if you've been listening to it on the podcast platforms, Brand New Show, type it in. Uh, and it should pop up because I think I'm pretty much the only Brandon Janu on podcast platforms. I might not. I don't know, but I'm pretty sure of it. And if you are watching, listening, whatever, go to, uh, go subscribe on the YouTube channel. Also on podcast platforms, you can subscribe. You can also read, man, write comments, man, Just rate the podcast, you know, do everything for the podcast that you, you guys can and will do from the podcast. So I appreciate it. If you can and will, man, I appreciate it. Um, and uh, let's get into it, man. Uh, like I said, both podcast episodes are out this week. One of those episodes are Life and Times with Music, Little Wayne edition. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoy that episode. And tonight I'm doing another Life and Times with Music um, podcast episode. Uh, and um, so last night I posted this, right? I posted last night that I was doing three uh, Life of Times for music on my social media pages, uh, which is Instagram, Facebook. I also have a TikTok. So go on TikTok and follow me on there. Uh, Brand new show is clearly on the TikTok. That's pretty much it. Um, because, like I said, YouTube, uh, Brand new show. But I said last night that I was doing uh, two, three Life of Times of music. And one of them is tonight, and this is this episode particularly. But the other two I will be talking about right now Jeezy. Young Jeezy, Snowman, I will be doing that real soon. And for the first time ever on the Brand New Show, Life of Times with Music, I'm still debating what, I know one of the albums, and it's King by T.I. So one of the albums will be T.I.'s King, because that was like the first album I actually ever purchased myself. Um, and I'm still trying to debate the other one. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, I'm trying to debate the other one. It's really between two. It's really between two projects that I personally love from T.I., and that's Paper Trail, and that's also um, Urban Legend. So, screw it. I'll be like, okay, so the first Live at Times of Music debate will be King versus Paper Trail. So, I hope you guys enjoy that when it's coming soon. I'm going to debate those two albums. I'm going to do like I've done with albums, where I'm going to break down every song on the project, talk about it. And then I'm going to literally put them against each other. Song versus song, impact versus impact, how I felt about those songs, the production, everything. I will be going through that whole rigorous thing. And hopefully you guys will love that because then I will be going through the problems and not you. All you have to do is just listen and watch and subscribe and like and comment. So that's going to be real soon. Uh, I don't know when, but it's going to be real soon. It's going to be King versus Paper Trail. The first ever Life in Times of Music, T.I. King versus Paper Trail edition. It's going to be a debate. I like to do debates. So it's going to be a pretty cool debate. And I might actually get people on that with me. I don't know. Depending on how people are going to feel, it should be interesting. But other than that, like I said, Jeezy is definitely going to be another one. I will def- I'm I'm looking forward to talking about the snowman. I grew up on a snowman. And, uh, yeah, he's having kind of like a little career resurgence. I like this. 
like this kind of getting back to the snowman. So it's pretty cool. But one of the other artists I posted last night is the person I'm doing one on tonight. And his name, the guy, the one, the boss, Rick Ross. I have to do one on Rick Ross, man. Rick Ross is one of my favorite rappers. Hands fucking down. Um, people could hate him, which a lot of people do. Uh, don't know why, but a lot of people do. Um, you can hate him, say his albums ain't good, which is a lie. But uh, well, Rick Ross has been killing it, man, for a long fucking time. And I thought that this is... I've done an uh, a episode on Rick Ross before, a video like I did with Lil Wayne. But I've done a video on Rick Ross just about um, his album, Mastermind. Well, tonight, like I've done with Lil Wayne, like I've done with Drake, I'm going to break down everything hopefully that I can remember in his discography in his career. That's including even mixtapes, you know, his group projects with MMG, um, and his albums of course. So hopefully uh I get everything and I remember everything. So hope you guys in states because please bear with me on this. Uh but uh and uh hope you guys enjoy this. So like I said, Rick Ross is the person I'm gonna be talking about tonight, man. Rick Ross is one of my favorite artists, like I said. Um, might have a lot to do with being that we're both Aquarius. He was born January 28th. I was born January 31st, so it might be a lot to do with that. I don't know. Uh, like, I got two favorite artists that are both, well, three that are, like, favorite, like my favorite artists, and they're all Aquarius. Like, I got three favorite artists that are Aquarius. J. Cole, Rick Ross, which were, they both were born on the same day, and, and The Weeknd who was born in February, but it's like a couple of days after my birthday. So, you know, I got like three artists as all Aquarius. So it's just like, that makes sense. <laughs> I was like, man, that kind of makes sense. Um, but I even think, though, I think, I don't know when our Aquarius season ends, but I also think Ash Sharon might be an Aquarius. So I don't freaking know. That might be also an Aquarius, but I don't know. I got to check and see. But, but those are three artists that are like my favorite artists. So, a four now if he is an Aquarius I can't freaking remember but but uh Rick Ross is one of my favorite artists you know what I'm saying from the moment I heard his heard him rap uh which was on um which is gonna also be a part of the Jeezy situation Jeezy episode but Boys in the Hood when when Diddy created Boys in the Hood remember Boys in the Hood I don't know if y'all remember Boys in the Hood because they were really on the round like they only had like real one, really one project that everybody really fucked with and really remembered. And it was a group of guys from Atlanta, Jody Breeze, Big Gee, Duke, and of course, Jeezy, Young Jeezy. And they had a project called Boys in the Hood. And on one of the songs, uh, what is it? Bitches and, and Biz, Bitches and Biz, <laughs> Rick Ross has the... Yeah, the first part, the first verse is Rick Ross. And he just comes on there and just kills it. And you're like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> you're like, who the fuck is this? And that's 05. This ain't even before his album even came out, Port of Miami. It's his 05. He drops this song. This song comes out on this project. And I hear it. My brother had this, this CD. He was telling me about Boys in the Hood. And I remember playing a CD in a car ride going, I think I was going to New Orleans or going to Houston? One of the two. But we was coming back from somewhere, somewhere. And I was listening to it on my CD player. 
yeah, kids, it's a thing called a CD player. We used to have a CD player. And I used to play this song, and I played the whole CD, and this song just kept going. It was like, damn, this song hit. And Ross killed the beginning. And then Jody Breeze came on there, and Jeezy, I think, ended the song. Um, But, yeah, man, so when I heard Rick Ross, I was like, holy shit, who is this dude? And then it goes into his album, his debut album, Port of Miami, which is still, you know, one of the best debut albums to me. Y'all can have y'all debates, y'all can talk your shits, I don't care. But Port of Miami is one of the best debut albums I've heard in this era. Like in 20 years, that was one of those debut albums. I, I give him high regard. You know, I would say him, of course, Jeezy, like again, I would say Kendrick. Like debut albums that fully was like, damn, this shit was fire. Part of Miami. Um, he kind of kept it cool with the clouds, man. I mean, everybody remembers Hustle Hard. Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. Like, like hustle real hard. Hustle, hustle real hard. Hey, hustle. Like, the nigga just had a hit out the gate. There's no way in hell. You could have told me hustling would be that fucking massive. It's massive, man. Hustling. Yeah, hustling out. I didn't really like the second single. I think it was Pushing to the Limit. It was all right. It wasn't like my favorite song. It was okay. I thought it was a cool song. It was like, okay, this is sad. But when you actually listen to the project, he got songs on that bitch. Like, good God. Um, Blow with him and Drill. Him and Drill. Him and Jazzy Faye, I get it for the low, I get it for the low, I get it. Like, oh, that shit, god damn, yeah. Where my money, I need, I need, I need cash, nigga, where my money, I need, I need, I need cash, nigga. <laughs> like, yep, uh, him and Wayne and Briscoe, I'm a G, <sighs> bruh, yeah. And, and then the Every Damn Hustling remix with Jeezy and Jay-Z. It was just fire. It was a great project. It was one of the best, like I said, one of the best debut albums that I can remember in time. Like, in 06, there was so many hungry-ass rappers and so many people. And at that time, Def Jam was such a fucking massive company. Again, under Jay-Z. You got to realize Jay-Z had took over at president, a president of Def Jam at that time. And he signed Ross, Jeezy, Fab, Rihanna, Neo. All of them at that time in Dev Jam and, and Nas, like he designed so many Kanye was there. Like it was so many people at Dev Jam. So for you to stand out at that moment to have that type of album is incredible. It's it's not even it's not even close. It's an incredible project. So Port of Miami is one of those albums, man. He got other songs on that project. I can't fucking remember what it was. It's one of those albums, man. You gotta just like that shit's fire. And then it goes into Triller which is um, his second album. And this is, I think, is where people started to kind of give him his praise a little bit. Like, Port of Miami was cool, but then Triller really, like, I think, advanced his career a little bit more. Um, a lot of people said it was Teflon Don. Teflon Don just made him more of a of a presence in the rap game. But Triller was the album that kind of announced who he was. Because the first single of a Triller was The Boss with T-Pain. And at that time, T-Pain could do no wrong. I said it on a Little Wayne episode. I'm going to say it here. T-Pain, at that time, could do no fucking wrong. T-Pain killed everything he was on. Everything. Everything, nigga. Everything. T-Pain killed everything he was on. 
he killed it. He just fucking killed it. Trilla was an incredible body of work. His second album was kind of better than his first. I mean, if you really want to put in hypotheticals, it was a really good fucking album. I mean, you know, he had uh, songs on a, what, yeah, that song, Boss. He also had, uh, what else he had on that fucking album? Damn, I was listening to it just recently. This is the life of Trey Songs, which is, was a dope fucking song. This Me, which was a fire fucking song. Um, what else is on that fucking album? Damn, he had some songs on that bitch. I can't remember. I know he had Speeding with R. Kelly. I didn't like that song. I did not like that fucking song at all. I hated that song. I'm be honest. I hated that fucking song. That shit was so trash. That shit, I'm sorry. I just did not like that song. I don't know. His second singles be like, I don't know about this. Like, his second singles is, I don't know about this. But, yeah, this me, uh, what else he had? Money Made Me Come, which was just a, a, a beautiful play on words. It was <laughs> just like a beautiful play on words. Um, What else he had on that? He had some songs on that bitch, man. He had some songs on that hoe. I want to say that that was the project that he had Maybach music. And I think it is. Uh, it was the first Maybach music he ever had on that project with him and Jay-Z. Luxury Tax, Wayne, Jeezy, Trick Daddy on that album. So he had songs, man, on that album. I actually remember when Luxury Tax came out and all I could get was the Wayne verse. Because I used to listen to Wayne mixtapes mix on that piff. And all I heard was Wayne's verse. And they never played the full extent of the song. And so I was like, damn, this is a raw song. This is going to be fire when I heard it. And it was pretty cool. It was pretty decent. I think Jeezy carried the end of it, though. Jeezy killed that shit. But Wayne kind of was just there to like, kind of like just keep it pushing. But Ross did his shit on there. But yeah, I remember Maybach Music with him and Jake. Yeah, man, that shit. You know, Jay, oh man, Jay Verse on that motherfucker is like, why did you even, why did you even put Jay-Z on that song? Like, Jay-Z's just like, life's a bitch, so the whole world is mine. (laughs) That shit was fucking funny, but it was true, like, oh, that shit was funny than a motherfucker, but he killed it, man. Oh, fucking killed that shit, man. Oh, man. Feel like Mike and Paul and Mike fighting over the girl. Life's a bitch. The world, like, oh, that shit was crazy. Yeah, whole killed that shit. Whole fucking killed that nigga shit on that. Oh, like, God. Why would you even put that nigga on a song like that? What is wrong with you? Why would you do that to yourself? Um, But yeah, man, Trilla is an incredible second album. Actually, it's a really good second fucking album. Like, if you actually listen to sophomore albums, that's a pretty good fucking body of work. Go listen to Trilla on wherever you listen to music. Go listen to it, because you're going to be like, man, he kind of he, he did kill that shit. So, <laughs> so y'all go hate on it, but it's a really good body of work. And at that time, that was a lot of collaborations from Ross that came out around that time. And this is what, oh, seven, oh, eight, I want to say. So this one, he kind of got on his DJ Khaled run, which I'm so hood. Um... Brown paper bag. Uh, we taking over. Hundred million dollars with Birdman. Yeah, make it rain remix. 
Yeah, he was on a lot of nigga shit. White Girl Remix with Jeezy and USDA, Fab and Wayne. Yeah, this is like a this was like the time Ross kind of like kicked it into gear with the collabs, and he killed a lot of fucking collabs. Um, which made me really a more of a bigger fan of his because I like when my rappers can also be versatile and give people different verses and and, and change and, and, and continue to move with the time. So I think that was a good opportunity for him to do it, which led into Deeper Than Rap, which came out in 08. I think. Yeah, 08, 09. Uh, Deeper Than Rap comes out. And at this time, this is when he starts beefing with 50 Cent. And Deeper Than Rap was like a really good body of work. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, I think it starts off with Mafia Music, which is one of the hardest fucking songs ever. Mafia Music is another thing in his catalog that he continues those. Maybach Music and Mafia Music. Those are the those are the signature tracks from Rick Ross that, like, Drake has it with the AMPMs. Um, there's other people. Kendrick with the, 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 the hard parts, uh, you know, songs. There's a lot of artists that have a particular set of songs where they just go in. You know, they go in. And he does he has two sets where it's the mafia music and the Maybach music. It's it's just those are two things he just kills. He kills them very well. And on Deeper Than Rap, that's when he has a lot of the I wouldn't say a lot of the pop songs, but he kinda has a lot of pop songs. Outside of mafia music, excuse me. He has Maybach Music 2, which is the hardest. Listen, I love Maybach Music. All of the Maybach Musics that he's done. But Maybach Music 2 is literally the greatest Maybach Music I've ever heard. It's literally, okay, it's on par, okay? So one is like, like really close. But two, Maybach Music 2, oh my God, that's T-Pain, that's Kanye, that's Wayne. Like, them three alone on a song is like, nigga, that is nowhere in hell. They all three got on a song and actually killed it. The beat, the production of this bitch is so precise. All three fit the, all four of them dudes fit the pocket, the fucking pocket on that song. Just beautifully. Kanye kicks it off. Then T-Pain comes in and sings and then Ross comes in and kills and then Wayne just ends it. Oh my God. Like, oh shit. Maybe that music too is the best maybe that music songs they've ever this song that he's ever done and i love maybe music with him and hove like that shit is hard but fuck you can't beat maybe music too man you can't you can't i'm i'm sorry you just can't i just can't well who's what well who made back is this mr west is shit god damn lil wayne in one word immaculate <laughs> it's like god damn man like there's no way in hell that you beating that song i'm sorry you put that against any other fucking song it's it's not even close and it's got a lot now lord jesus yeah maybe that music too is fire then you got the usual suspects with him and nice and he's got some songs on that bitch too that's fire uh magnificent with him and john legend which is a dope fucking song uh, what else he got on there? Uh, cigar music. Rich off cocaine. Oh my god! I just said it. Woo, that shit fire. Um, rich off cocaine. And I'm gonna be honest. Ross didn't have to really say a lot. The dude that was singing 
every uh Avery uh Storm, Avery Storm, wherever you at, man, nigga, you done killed some songs in your life. And I thank you, my brother, because that song was floating, my nigga. That, he didn't have to do a lot, he didn't have to say a lot. Then Ross just Ross was lucky to be on the song. Let me just put it like that. I love Ross, but like, nigga, you didn't really have to do a lot. <laughs> you didn't really have to do a lot. The nigga killed the song. You didn't have to really do a lot. Um, um, Valley of Death, where he also ends the project, kind of talk about Fifty Cent a little bit. You know, he talks about Fifty Cent. You know, you know, unit was a G. You was unit mean to get uh. Yeah, you ain't you ain't a G nigga. You ain't mean together. Some shit like that, you know. And he's kind of talking about like what Fifty's been saying was saying about him at that time that he's a you know, he's a CO and he was a police officer. He ain't really about that the street life and shit like that. And he kind of combats that in that song. And I think that that's probably why I love it so much. Uh, I think I said cigar music earlier. And I never really touched on it. Cigar music. There's two versions, and the second version is my favorite version. <laughs> like, the real version I heard when I was young was so fucking fire. It was so fucking fire. It wasn't even close. I don't know why you went back and redid it, uh, put the other nigga on it. I personally would not have. I would have left that bitch the way it was. It was an incredible song. We'll leave it as such. Uh, it was an incredible song, man. Um, but that shit was fire. Um... But then we get out of 09 and we go into 2010. And this is where he starts to now branch out and become the boss, really. Um, excuse me. But at this time frame, he also starts doing a lot more mixtapes. Um, I think he does one mixtape, Ashes to Ashes. Yeah, Ashes to Ashes mixtape. And it's a pretty cool project, but they got one song called Ashes to Ashes that I don't think that nobody could touch. Um, it's called uh, Black Man World. Black Man World features Ludacris. Them two niggas. I've never heard Ross and Luda on a song together. I don't think I still have. <laughs> I don't think we still have. Outside like collaborations, like what, like all we do is win and shit. I don't think them niggas really got on songs together like that. And so to hear them on Black Man's World. It's just like, Lord Jesus. <laughs> it's like, Lord Jesus. Um, They got on Black Man's World. Ross killed it. And then Luda didn't have to do what he did. Like, go listen to that song on YouTube. It's fucking, oh my God. It's incredible. It's fucking incredible. I, I, it's, it's, it's fucking incredible. It's, it's fucking incredible. I can't even, I can't even tell y'all, like, just go listen to the song. If you got that piff, if you got you, if you got YouTube, go on there, type in Black Man World, Red Cross Feature, and Ludacris. It's fucking phenomenal. It's a fucking phenomenal song. It goes into, uh, like I said earlier, Teflon Don, 2010. Now, at this time, Ross was pretty much one of the hottest rappers in the game. Let's be real. But, man, 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 man. Teflon Don made him. Now, I'm going to just be real. Teflon, like I said, Triller to me made him, but Teflon Don to a lot of people made him. Now, I love Teflon Don. I think it's an incredible body of work. It's too many. Fe- the whole album is features. That's probably why I didn't like it so much as I get older, because I wish he would have just not had that many features on it. 
but it starts off, I'm not a star, which I said on a little Wayne episode. That's kind of why he got the John Lennon line from. And they turned that into John. But he says that in the song, I'm not a star. And then it goes into, I think, him and Gucci Man, I think. Or maybe, I think it goes into him and Freemason or something like that. Some Somewhere I'm out of order in that shit. But um, MC Hammer. Which I think is him and Gucci. Gucci, MC Hammer. I remember when that song came out, and I was like, yo, this shit fire. <laughs> I was like, yo, this shit fire. And I wasn't a huge Gucci Man fan. I was more of a Jeezy fan. I've always been a Jeezy fan. I'm not a Gucci Man fan. I like his music when he does. You know, I like Gucci Man now, but back then I wasn't a real Gucci Man fan. I'm, I'm lo- As y'all can see, I'm loyal to that shit. Sometimes I'm away. Even the music, I'm loyal. So it's just like, nah, I fuck with Jeezy. I'm not going to really listen to Gucci like that. But. MC Hammer was fire, so I was like, yo, Gucci on this hard, I'm just gonna listen to the verse, you know? And it was fire. I was like, oh shit, okay, cool. Um, and then it goes into Freemason, I think. I might have fucked that up. I think MC Hammer was third, then Freemason was second. But anyway, Freemason with Jay Z and John Legend. And to hear Ross say just recently that Jay Z did that verse before he got on stage to perform. And Jay-Z was actually pissed off <laughs> before he got on stage and did that verse. And, again, another song where Jay-Z just gets on a song and just, you could tell, like, the essence of that song is just different. But Ross carried himself on that song, just like he did in the Maybach music. But you could tell Ross felt now, like, okay, I can actually stand on a song with Jay-Z and I can actually rap, too. This isn't going to be Jay-Z just washing me. I can rap, too. And I think that that was a very incredible thing. John Legend also with the hook was was incredible on that song. Um, and then it goes into, and then he's got songs. One of my favorite songs of this project is uh, Tears of Joy. He's actually got like two songs. Like my favorite two Rick Ross songs. One of my favorite two Rick Ross songs of this project. Tears of Joy with CeeLo Green. It's, man. Tears of Joy is one of my favorite songs by Rick Ross. It might be my favorite song by Rick Ross. Um, when I heard that song, the way CeeLo Green was singing, it was just real. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you could tell the emotion was there. And then Ross comes on there, and he, he raps, and it's, it's, it's perfect. It, he, it's rare in hip-hop where you find songs that might just be a perfect line of where you at in your life. And at that time, I'm 16 years old. I'm in high school. I think it's my sophomore year. And I'm going to like, because, okay, story time, right? Uh, so when I'm a, when you're a freshman here, when I went to school in high school, they had two separate campuses. They had a campus where the freshmen, the ninth, ninth graders, they were just by themselves. So you didn't integrate into like the big campus or big school where everybody, the 10, 11, 12, that wasn't that. It was like you are in a freshman, kind of like you guys already know each other. And then these new kids that's already coming to Nimitz, y'all can already, you know, get to know each other. And that's kind of what happened. So my second year in high school, my sophomore year, I went to the big campus, and that's when you are now a sophomore. So you have 11 and 12 graders all crammed up, 10, 11, 12. 
this was the campus, and now you're in this the campus. And it's a different type of energy. You kind of now like trying to not like step on people's feet. You know what I'm saying? Like you freshman when you were freshman, you kind of already know these people. You know how they already kind of move and how they do shit. And and then you go to a new campus, and it's literally the same school, but it's just a new campus. You ride the bus with these fucking people, but you've never been in the same type of <laughs> you know what I'm saying area of these motherfuckers. So. So Teflon Don came around oh, around that time. And at that time, that's when I was starting to feel I was say anxiety a little bit. I didn't know what to call it. Like I always say, I didn't know what to call it, but I started to feel a little bit claustrophobic. I can tell you that fucking much. Cause it was new areas, new things. I had to learn other things. I had to learn a new method. Cause like I said, you go from middle school where everybody to ninth grade where everybody and then you get pushed into like a big ass campus and they try to give us a year to like integrate us but you don't really realize that we're just still ninth graders we, we're all knowing each other for a year or so we kind of know who the fuck we are already so when you push us into another campus it's like now we really got to get to know what the fuck we can and cannot do and teflon don album came out and tis joy was one of those songs that spoke to me right out the gate because you know um Ross has a line at the beginning of the song. He literally says, looking in the mirror, but I don't see much. <laughs> like, like in, in, you know, looking in these streets so they won't creep up. You know, so it's just like, out the gate, you know, that's kind of how I was feeling in my life. I was looking in the mirror, but I didn't see anything. I didn't see much in myself. I didn't really see who I was yet. So when you hear your favorite rap, one of your favorite rappers say out the gate, looking in the mirror, but I don't see much, you kind of like, yeah, that makes sense. I remember one time I was so pissed off, I had to get up and go to school because I didn't want to go to school. I punched my bathroom wall, my bathroom wall. And I had like certain things on it. And matter of fact, that's kind of why my hand is this way. You see this now? That's why my hand is this way. Because I punched my bathroom wall because I did not want to go to school. And so, yeah, so it's been this way. For close now, almost close. Well, it's actually past a decade. So about like, I remember cutting it and bleeding. And I didn't know what the fuck happened. I'm like, oh, you know, it's just something. And I got home and it's been this way since then. Since my sophomore year. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so a, a song like, Tef, like uh, Tears of Joy, that actually moved me when I heard it. Because I was going through it. Um, and then when he says, you know, I got to do this for Emmett Till, repping all the dead souls in the field, like, that felt, again, like, damn, I'm going to school, but I know why I'm going to school, so when I get out this bitch, I can do what I want to do, and hopefully, it's positive, and, you know, Tis Joy is such a great song. So if you never heard that song, I would advise you to go listen to it. Um, you know, I would hope that you would go listen to it. Uh, if my word means anything. So go listen to it. Um, of course, everybody remembers BMF. And I ain't talking about the Fitty Show. I'm talking about the song BMF with Styles P, Ghost, on it. BMF went every fucking where. I remember watching, like, a documentary. I watched MTV. 
and I think it was uh, a documentary on Demi Lovato, and she was twerking to BMF. That is how you know that song was fire, because you got a Disney chick twerking to the song. It's like, yeah, that bitch was fire. That shit was so fire. That was a hot song, man. Oh, that nigga Ross talked that shit. Man, that fucking drop, man. What the fuck? Yo, man. Oh, my God. Everybody remembers the drop, man. That nigga had that drop. Like, they think I'm Big Meat. Larry Hoover. <laughs> you motherfuckers mad that I'm icy. That <laughs> shit was like, God damn. You felt that shit. That nigga said, that shit, that fucking beat drop. You motherfuckers mad that I'm icy. Boom. Like, oh, shit. God damn. Like, he was just like, holy shit, nigga. What the fuck is going on this nigga? Oh, my God. That shit was real, man. Zal's PK money just killed that shit. Oh, my God. BMF was fire. BMF was so fucking fire. It's not even fucking a question. Live and die, uh, die, live fast and, and die young. Live fast, die young. What uh, Kanye was a fire fucking song. <laughs> that shit was legendarily fire. Um, you know, and, and I'm gonna talk about that in a in a second. But um, and there was another song this that closed out the project. He had got songs with uh. Neo, this album was actually really short, if you actually think about it. Like, if you listen to Teflon Down, it's only, like, 12, four, like, 12 songs. But all of them are collabs. Like, most of them songs are collabs. And you got, you got to oh, there is another song on this album that is my other favorite song over across catalog. He closed it out with two songs that I love still to this day. I'm going to talk about the other song, because everybody knows the other song about the title. Say, but all, uh, all the money in the world. All the money in the world with him and uh, Rafael Sadiq. That was the first time they collabed. And, man, Rafael Sadiq, man, is a legend. It's a fucking legend. If you don't know who Rafael Sadiq is, Tony, Tony, Tony. Okay. So, <laughs> like, I, just, I just said it like that. Listen it. So, Rafael Sadiq. Um, and Ross, man, all the money in the world is so fucking fire. Him just, again, divulging into his life, going through what he was going through. You know, you know, my dad passed with cancer in his liver. My daddy passed 99 with cancer in his liver. I would never rap again if I could tell him that I miss him. And at the time, uh, that's when I found out my dad had cancer. So, yeah, that song hit it a little differently. Again, like, you know, that song hit different. You know what I'm saying? Like, my dad, I found out at that time my dad had cancer. So it was just like, wow, you know what I'm saying? Like, what if I lose my dad? You know, that started, to, like, playing my mind. I'm like, man, yeah, that shit could happen. So it was, it, dad, I'm song, that song, the beginning of it, again, the beginning of that song means so much to how I listen to the song going forward. And that was one of those songs, you know, it was just one of those songs that, I think that, again, spoke to me right out the gate because of what Ross just automatically said out the gate. And, um, yeah, it's one of my favorite songs, too. And another one, of course, everybody's favorite song of this project, if you don't know. Aston Martin Music is, like, literally the – everybody – if you don't know any Ross song, you probably know that one because of Drake. That's pretty much it. And um, <laughs> another story time moment. Um, so, like I said, I was in school at the time. I was in sophomore in school when that song came out 
and I had the version where Drake was rapping on it. It I had the original Aston Martin, but it was actually the Drake version where he's actually rapping at the end, which is now on streaming service on his Care Package project, uh, Paris uh, Motion Music, and I had the version where Drake is also rapping, just. It wasn't that. It was just like Ross rapped his verses, then Drake came in at the end and rapped. And because at the time, like I said, songs used to leak. You could easily get the song, put it on your iPad, and keep it pushing. So I had that song on my iPod and had, uh, had my uh, ride to school, you know, and. <laughs> Uh, a girl used to sit by me on a bus every day just to hear that song. I really think she was just trying to hear that song. <laughs> like, she's just trying to hear that song, but but um, every day, man, we used to listen to that song. I mean, before we even got off the bus, we used to listen to that song. And yeah, she got me hooked on certain songs. I got her hooked on certain songs, and that was just our, our thing. I don't know what it was. But um, yeah, so shout out to her. I don't know you at, but shout out to you. And and yeah, that was kind of like our thing. And so that song has a different meaning for me personally. It does. It just does. It's just that song particularly has a different meaning for me. It's a particular point in life where I was at that time. Again, being sixteen, you know. And plus, me and her already had like a like a crush on each other. I think at the time, so it just made more sense. And then that song was just perfect song. I think so. Yeah. I love ASMR music a little bit more than probably everybody else, but yeah. <laughs> like, uh, but 2010 Ross was massive. Uh, again, he had a run. And like I said earlier, Live Fast, Die Young with him and Kanye. That was just one of many that them two dudes did in 2010. You got to realize that's around the time, that is the time where Kanye did uh, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, which I will be talking about eventually. I don't know when, but I will talk about it. Um, my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Uh, Ross is on like what two songs, three songs on my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Of course, Monster, where he really didn't really rap a lot on Monster, but everybody remembers Devil in a New Dress. Everybody, when the fucking riff and the guitar, then Ross comes in and just smash. It's just like smash. It's just like he killed this shit. He killed it. He killed it. He killed that fucking song, man. Looking at my bitch, I bet she give your ass a bone. Looking at my watch, I bet it tell your ass a stone. Ha <laughs> ha! That shit was fire. Oh, that shit was fire. I still remember that verse. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, I still remember that verse. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, that shit was so fucking fire, bro. Holy shit. Yeah, that song was fucking, man, that shit was legendary. Boy, that shit was fucking legendary. And um, and then that's when him and, well, I wouldn't say him and Drake. Yeah, that was around the time him and Drake started to have their run together as collabos. And it really kicked in in 2011, but it started in 2010. Like I said, I asked the more music, but that's when Drake started working on Take Care around that time. And then that's when. Uh, they started working on songs together, Made Man and Free Spirit. And then, of course, they were doing I'm On One with DJ Khaled. 
and Ross also had songs with T.I. that came out, Pledge Allegiance to the Swag. Um, what else he had? He had some other shit come out in 2010. That's when he really was mixtape dude. That, that, that time frame was mixtape Ross, which brings me into Rich Forever mixtape. And the Rich Forever mixtape might be if I really want, like, I might have to do one on just mixtapes. But yeah, I got to do an episode on mixtapes. But Rich Forever in 2010 was one of the best fucking mixtapes I had ever heard in my life. It 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 wasn't like it wasn't like dedication. It wasn't like uh trap or die. It wasn't like a lot. Yeah, maybe nah. It wasn't even like soul tape. Like it wasn't even like soul tape. It was it was it was really damn. It really was a particular mixtape. You know what I'm saying? Like Rich Forever was such a fire fucking mixtape. And of course. It starts off with high definition, which is just a fire fucking song. You got Mike Tyson at the beginning just talking his shit, like an old Mike Tyson interview. And then he just goes in. He just goes the fuck in, man. And and then it goes into other songs like uh, Fuck Em with Wale and 2 Chains. It goes into songs like um, Rich Forever with him and John Legend, which... He fucking killed that song. Lord Jesus. Uh, Triple Beam Dreaming with Nas. Uh, who else he had on that fucking mixtape? Oh, Keys to the uh, Keys to the Crib with Styles Pete. Ring Ring with Future. Oh, that shit was fire. Lord Jesus. Um, yeah, man, 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 man. Yeah, stay scheming. No, I don't think Stay Scheming was on that mixtape. Yeah, it might have been. It might have been on Stay Scheming. Shit. The Stay Scheming came out in 2011, not 2012. Yeah, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fuck. Goddamn. So, yeah, the Rich Forever mixtape comes out. And that's when he just takes the fuck off. Like, that mixtape was so fucking phenomenal. It's not even fair. In 2011, 2012, that's when Ross took off to another fucking level to me. It was just a different level. 2010 collaborations, great. 2011 was just a different run for Ross. 2011, 2012 was just different. It was just fucking different. It was different. And that's when he started. That's when he came out with MMG, his label. You know, that, like I said, Wale was on it. Meek Mill was on that project, that Rich Forever mixtape. He actually, and at that time, 2011, that's when I'm a boss drop, like, because Meek did it on Dream Chasers, and Dream Chasers came out in 2011. His first mixtape, and I'm a Boss, was on that bitch. And him and Ross was doing songs on that song, on that project. And, yeah, man, Ross in 2011, 2010, 2012, Ross was just different. You could never touch that dude. You couldn't touch him. You couldn't touch him. You fucking couldn't touch him. You couldn't. You couldn't fucking touch him. Then that's when Wale dropped Ambition. Album and a Bishop song was just so it was every fucking where. Uh, then um, I don't get the song right, but it was Wale, Jeremiah, and, and Ross. I forgot the name of the fucking song. Um, I think it was This Way or That Way, yeah, That Way. I think, and that shit was fire. That bitch was fire, man. God damn. Yeah, damn, man. Ross had some fucking songs at that time frame. Um, 
Yeah, and then him, and then, which goes into, not Teflon Don, Teflon Don was already out in 2010, 2011, that was when him and MG started really starting to kind of get going, mixtapes was really his thing, and then 2012, and like I said, Drake and him started really collaborating a lot during that time, and that's some of my favorite, Ross and Drake records was around that time, he also was doing Rick, DJ Khaled songs. Also, around that time frame, that's when he was affiliated with Diddy. So, him and Diddy was doing shit together. By 2012, that's when MMG really became a label. And he was gearing up for uh, God Forgives, I Don't. But before that, he dropped MMG, the the first MMG project. And on that record, on that album, he had Tupac back. I'm a boss. That way. Pandemonium. Ooh, Lord Jesus. Pandemonium has got to be the hardest song. If you never heard Pandemonium by, the, by Ross, Meet Me on the Wild Lake, go listen to it. It's fucking crazy. It's a crazy fucking song. Um, But yeah, and then that's when Ross also, uh, again, was doing verses and doing remixes. Oh, Let's Do It came out with Waka Flocka. He killed it. And then he did the the freestyle to harden the paint. That's still one of the hardest freestyles I've ever heard. I've heard in a while. Um, what else? Like I said, 2012. So that's when, like, uh, same damn time came out for Future. And that's when Future started coming out. And that's, like I said, Ring Ring was around that time off the, off the Rich Forever mixtape. And then um, same damn time when him, Gunplay, I want to say him, Gunplay, Meek, and Wale, I think, was on Same Damn Time Freestyle. They did a Same Damn Time Freestyle. And finals with him, Gunplay, and Meek. Yeah. Ross was on another level at that time frame, man. God Forgives I Don't comes out. And God Forgives I Don't, I think when I first heard it, it was kind of like, I don't understand this shit. But then I went back and started listening to it. uh, Pirates, which is a fire fucking song. He could have kept the three kings. I love Jay. I love Dr. Dre. I love Jay-Z and Dr. Dre. But, eh, that song's not like I, 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 I could have kept. You could have kept that. I didn't like it at all. Um, um, but the songs I did like, <laughs> it's fire. Uh, Ashamed is so fire. Oh, that shit's so good. That's a fucking fire song. Amsterdam. Whoo, that bitch fire. Amsterdam was so fucking crazy. You couldn't even, you couldn't even do nothing with that song. That shit was so fucking fire. Um, of course, Dice Pineapples was on that project, too. A lot of people uh, know that song. Yeah, Dice Pineapples on that song with Wiley and Drake. Um, Hold Me Back. These niggas can't hold me back. These niggas can't hold me back. These niggas can't hold me back. The remix is fire. Done play uh, Yo Gotti and Wayne. Wayne just. Oh, yeah, I think Fresh Montana's on that shit too. But Wayne. <laughs> Wayne. Wayne really killed that song. Wayne fucking devastated that whole song. Oh, my God. That shit was. When you put Wayne on that uh, song like that, that's just. It was Wayne's song. It was, it was over. Um. This is around the time again. Ross was killing shit, doing shit again. And yeah, 
Um, and again, Ross had MMG. Like I said, while they had already dropped, Meek Mill was gearing up to drop his first album, Dreams and Nightmares. So he had a lot of songs on that one with him. Uh, of course, uh, Believe It uh, on there. He also had he had another song on there. He had like cover songs on there. Um, he had the one with him, Wale, Trey Songs, and, and Meek. He also had another one, which is one of my favorite songs off the project, is uh, Maybach Curtains with Meek, John Legend, and Nas. And that's one of my favorite songs off that project. I might have to do Dreams of Nightmares. That might actually be one of the next albums that I cover because I actually thought it was another great debut album. I think it was an incredible body of work Meek put out for his first album. And yeah, Dreams and Nightmares, like he, he gave Meek some really good verses on Dreams and Nightmares. I'm going to be really honest. He gave Meek some really, really good verses on Dreams and Nightmares. Moving into 2013, which um, I think it was kind of quiet. He didn't really do a lot in 2013. I mean, he had a couple collaborations. One collaboration in particular was, uh, was uh, Fuck With Me, You Know I Got It. Dun, 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 dun. Fuck With Me, You Know I Got It. <laughs> Yeah, you know, him and Jay, him and Hove, uh, don't miss. They don't fucking miss. It's rare when them two niggas get on a song and they miss something. Like, Three Kings, they missed. They missed the mark completely. But but for most part, when they get on songs like that, they don't fucking miss. Uh, Yeah, that song was fire, man. That was a fire fucking song. Also, I said earlier, 2011, that's when him and John, him and Wayne did John. He also did Nine Piece. Uh, he had two versions of Nine, nine, of, nine uh, of Nine Piece. He actually had two versions. He had the T.I. version, and then he had the Wayne version. Oh, shit, I, I think it's A-Ball. Yeah, something like that. But, yeah. No, it's Nine Piece. Uh, yeah, but him and Wayne had one, and then him and T.I. had one. People forget about the T.I. version a lot because Wayne kind of just killed it. But T.I. killed that shit, too. So, yeah, he had that ver Both of those versions was fire. Um, nine piece. Straight A ball. <laughs> yeah, it was nine piece. So, yeah, that was fire. Um, and like I said, going into 2014, that's when he really, you know, I think gave his best album out of his catalog. Um, Mastermind. Because it wasn't a lot of features, but it wasn't a lot of songs that I just didn't like on that project. I actually really love that project a lot. Um, the intro was fire. Um, no, not the intro. The the, the second song, uh, "Rich is Gangster," which is fire. Um, even the song with Key Sweat, I did not like that song. I still don't like that song, but. It fit the song. It fit the project. Um, but the first single out of the whole entire project was uh, The Devil Is Alive with Jay-Z. Again, they don't miss. Um, and yeah, they killed it together, man. That was an incredible body of work. That that, that song is fire. Mm, excuse me. And he also brought back Mafia Music 3, which, you know... Was a little reggae in it, you know what I'm saying? A little, little Jamaican swag in it, and he killed it. He killed that shit, man. Um, 
He also has Sanctify with Kanye, the late great Betty uh, Wright, and Big Sean. It was just fire. That was an incredible song, man. Them two niggas don't miss either. Him and Kanye don't miss. Them niggas don't miss. Them, when they get together, I don't really follow Kanye, but I can say when them niggas get together, them niggas hit. Like, them niggas get big hits. I I, I will easily say that. Um, who else is on that project? The Weeknd and him. Oh, my God. In Vain is... if You've never heard that song. I don't know what to tell you. This whole conversation, this me talking shit is negated. Like, you should just go back and re-listen to every fucking song Ross has ever done. Because In Vain is the most incredible fucking song I've ever heard. The weekend on it, but then Ross kind of smoothly just ends it with the verse. It was like, damn, nigga. Like, how do you two get together and kill this shit? I fuck with this song. Thank you. Um... Him and Jeezy, uh, War Games, yeah, War Ready, I should say, War Ready, um, which I didn't say, but I'm going to talk about it in the Jeezy episode, but Jeezy and Ross was actually beefing for a good bit of time during that time frame before them two actually did that song, um, and it was because of BMF. So I would talk about that, like I said, with the Jeezy episode, but um, and why they that shit started off, but um, War Ready was fire. Well, it was kind of okay. It was decent for the first song the niggas did in like two or three years. So it was like four, four or five years. So it was like it was pretty decent. I was like, all right, this is pretty cool. Um, I was just happy to see them two niggas back together. Um, it's another song with that bitch that was like. Oh, him and Wayne. Him and Wayne killed it, you know. Um, Paradise Lost. Uh, he had French on it a lot. The Nobody, that when he took Biggie's. Uh, you're nobody till somebody kills you. Like, like, he took that shit. I was like. Yeah, that's fire. I ain't like it because Diddy was talking too damn much, though. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I did not like that song because Diddy talked too fucking much. I don't fuck with Diddy either. That nigga talked too fucking much. I'm like, good God. Um, <laughs> um, but Black and White, oh, my God. Uh, what a shame. Mm. What a shame. Shame on a nigga that tried to run game on a nigga. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> That's crazy I do that shit. Holy fuck. Um Mastermind was the shit, man. Yeah, Mastermind was a really good fucking body of work, man. Like, yeah, like I said, that might be the best project out of Ross's catalog. I'm gonna be honest. For me personally, it's like the one of the best. Like Teflon Don and Trilla in Port of Miami are dope projects, but like Mastermind, I think he finally put it all the fucking together. He understood what he needed to do to get that album the right way. So it was an incredible body of work. Um, and he ended up dropping two albums that year because Mastermind was the beginning of 2014. Hood Billionaire was the end of 2014. And Hood Billionaire got some hits off that bitch. I'm not going to lie. He got uh, Nickel Rock with Boosie Badass, which Boosie, that was like Boosie's first couple songs back since he got out of prison. Uh, he got him and Yo Gotti. 
on that bitch. Trap Love was just fire. Him and uh, uh, K. Michelle. Oh, that shit was fire too. It, yeah, Ross had some songs with that bitch, but I think him and Jay got a song on that called Move Bass. You know what I'm saying? I don't think people really paid attention to that album that much because Mastermind had left everybody so satisfied. It was like, it was a good album. That was, a, like I said, it was one of his best albums of the of his catalog. And I don't think he needed to drop a hood being as a as an album. I think he just needed to kind of like put that as a, a mixtape. If it was a mixtape, it would have been received way, 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 way better. Um, but he did, and he dropped it. And, you know, it, it's one of those albums that you kind of was like, I don't know about this one. Um, but he came back with a mixtape. <laughs> so I think it was good. Um, Black Dollar mixtape drops, and the Black Dollar mixtape was extremely incredible. Um, he had, uh, he had a song with Gucci and Meek on there. Him and Meek got another song on that bitch was fire, but Bel Air, Two Shots, um, Money and Power, Icon with him and Anthony Hamilton. Yeah. He has songs on that bitch. Like he had some hits off that, off that, off that being uh, Black Dollar. It was fire. It was a fire fucking project. That was a fire mixtape, and that was 2015. So yeah, and then it led to his album Black Market, which again, a good project. It kind of missed its mark though, in certain regards for me. Um, the first two, two or three songs off the project, I actually fuck with heavy. Him and uh. Future with Good Dope was fire. Um, that's also him and Chris Brown doing a song on that on that project too, around that time, which was fire. Um, Sorry, which everybody remembers. Um, but his first two songs are like my favorite songs off that project. Uh, Free Enterprise with him and John Legend, and then uh, I just want to see my mama smile with him and CeeLo Green again. Him and CeeLo don't miss either. So when you hit them two together, that's a hit. And him and John Legend. Like, he got songs with certain people that sing. Like, Rafael Sadiq and him don't really miss. Him and John Legend don't really miss. Him and CeeLo Green don't really miss. Him and Anthony Hamilton don't really miss. Like, they don't miss. Yeah, they don't fucking miss. Him and Trey Songz don't really miss. Him and Usher don't even miss. Like, it's it's like when they get together, they do songs. They kill shit. So, yeah. Yeah, damn. But, um... Yeah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Black Market was cool. I think he even got a song Mary J. Blige. I think he even got Mariah Carey on that project. So, yeah, it was pretty okay. Um, around that time, I think also that's when, well, I fucked up because MMG, the second album also came out around that time frame of 2012, 2015. And MMG... The second out, the second project was the best MMG project that he's ever done. Um, yeah, songs like uh, Found a Youth with Nipsey Hussle, late great Nipsey Hussle, rest in peace. Um, and Stolly, um, you know, him and uh, Bag of Money with him, Meek and Wale, and T Pain. And T Pain's another one. Him and when Tim, him and Ross get together, them niggas don't miss. Um, 
uh, what was all I saw in that bitch? Uh, All Birds from him in French. Shit was fire. Um, yeah, man. That, tef- that, that MMG Volume 2 mixtape uh, album was fucking incredible. That was one of my favorite projects in 2012. That was like one of my favorite projects. If I was podcasting back then, I probably would have been like, that would was the best fucking album I heard in 2012. Um, yeah. That and Good good uh good kid man city and dream and dreams and nightmares it would have been like a tie for like number one for me personally because those albums were fire fucking fire um 2016 you doing 2016 kind of didn't do anything i think he was kind of like dealing with health problems so he didn't really do anything in 2016 and and then in 2017 i think that's when he actually finally dropped the album and it was, um, yeah, he didn't do shit. 2015, he didn't do, 2016, he didn't do nothing. 2017, 2018, I think is when he dropped, uh, Rather You Than Me. Yeah. I want to say 2016, 2017 was Rather You Than Me. And, yeah, he killed it, man. Rather You Than Me was a really good body of work. Again, the first song, it matters. Uh, the first couple of songs are fire off that project, man. Him and Rafael Sadiq right out the gate with a classic, excuse me, classic intro. And then it goes into uh, Centuria Greece. Centuria Greece, I put it on the map. <laughs> like, um,. Him and Ty Dolla Sign was fire on that song. Um, Idols become rivals when he saw about Birdman and how he fucked over Wayne. I really respected that very much because a lot of people wasn't saying that at that time. Um, so yeah, it was about 2017. Um, yeah, yeah, Idols become rivals. Um, he got another couple songs on there. Maybach music. Five, I think, was on that project with him and Dej Loaf, which was fire. Uh, very, very fire. Um, Summer 17. Yep, it was 2017. Him and Yo Gotti closed out the album. Yep, some, yep, 717. Um, but yeah, all in all, it was a really good body of work. Rather You Than Me was a really good body of work. Um, 2018 didn't really. Do anything. 2019. 2019, I don't think he did anything either. 2020, he dropped Port of Miami 2. And that's when shit got interesting again. Because Port of Miami 2 was really fucking good. <laughs> it was really good. Um, Act the Fool with him and Wale. Um, Turnpike Ike was fire. Uh, him and Gunplay, and I'm so happy Ross and Gunplay have always kept it together because th- that is a day one. Just like uh, Meek, uh, Mac Man and Wayne, they like they're just day ones. They always gonna be tight. Um, but um, him and Meek, Bogus, uh, uh, Charms, he. Was the first one to feature Nipsey after his passing. 
Nipsey had songs, but that was like the first time without physically being here that I heard a song with him on it with Tiana Taylor. Um, him and Summer Walker, him and Dej Loaf. Oh my God, White Lines is the fire, most fire song I've ever heard in my life. That shit was so fire. Um, Big Time Women's Swiss Beats. Eh, it's like, all right, song. Um, maybe that music five. Maybe that music. I think maybe music. Yeah, five. I think maybe music. Yeah. So the days of open was like four, I think. But yeah, maybe music five or six was when him and Wayne and John Legend. Um, yeah. Gold Roses with him and Drake at the end. Him and Ball Grizzly and um. And YNF Lucci. Yeah. Um, A Boogie and, and Denzel Curry running the streets. Yeah, Puerto Rico 2 was fire, man. That's a good fucking body of work. That was a good fucking album. Like, it was fucking incredible. Um, which led into Richard than before, which was just recently. Eh, pretty okay album. I mean, him and Benny the Benny the Butcher always kill shit. By the way, him and Benny the Butcher have done songs. So, one thing about Ross also people say is that his incredible picking of beats. He's an incredible beat picker. He's an incredible. He's got an ear for the music, and he is man. He him and Street Runners, him and Justice League. Anytime he's getting with produce that him and him and Cool and Dre. Like when he's getting with certain people, he can kill him and Kanye. Like. They have a particular set of songs that they just know what to do. All in all, man, Ross embodies, uh, for me, man, like I said, Ross is one of my favorite artists. Um, MMG, for the, the time frame that they had it, was a pretty incredible label. Um, for Meek and Wale and, and, and all those guys to come together and do something, that was a big thing. Um, for all in all, man, from the beginning I've heard Ross to now, Ross is one of the best to ever do it. I know you can hate it, you can debate it, you can question it, but for what Ross has accomplished in his career, there's not that many artists that can say that. Literally what I've just said, running down everything he's done, there's not that many people that can sit here and say that. So for that, I think you gotta give Ross a different look in the industry and a, live, a different way you approach it. Um, all in all, man, I'm happy that I lived in the era where a Rick Ross came out and dropped music because he made sure that artists like him can make it in the industry. You know, and I know people would be like, what you mean by artists like him? where you can actually evolve as your music does. There's not that many artists that evolve with their music, and he has. He's evolved. You call him goofy, you call him whatever, you can talk about his wing stops, his, you know, his checkers and all that shit. But this nigga really hasn't become the embodiment, uh, the embodiment of a boss, and that is exactly what he has said and he's been. So it's a Ross, man. Thank you. For making the music that you have made, the albums that you have created. And uh, like I said, my Aquarius brother, thank you, my brother. And uh, like I said, soon I will be doing a Jeezy 1 TI. And it sounds like I got to do a couple more uh, Kanye uh, with 
uh, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, and of course, Meek Mill with Dreams and Nightmares. Until then, this has been Life of Times with Music, brand new show, man. I hope you guys enjoyed this, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode when it comes out. And uh, peace. <laughs>